Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 255 and this episode is with Sam Portland. Sam is the founder of Speed by Sportland. And if you've not following him already over on Instagram and checking out the work that he's doing, you need to be because we're going to be covering all different elements of speed training. Just before we get into the podcast though, I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody that shared and also reached out to say how much they enjoyed episode 254 with Ben Rosenblatt. I really enjoyed that episode with Ben and I'm glad everyone else did as well. So if you've not listened to it yet, go back uh, after listening to this podcast, go back an episode, make sure you check out that episode with Ben as well because we're getting some brilliant feedback and the views and um, the listens are up on that episode as well, which is brilliant to see. And there's some great stories in that episode as well. So make sure you go and check it out. This episode was also thoroughly enjoyable. Somebody that I haven't spoken to before, and that's why I said I love doing this podcast because it gives me opportunities to speak to people that I wouldn't probably speak to otherwise. Sam's doing some brilliant work in regards to speed training with athletes across a number of different sports for his company. So we touched on what some of his, some of the differences are, some of the similarities between some of the other sports that he's worked in and football, what sort of stands out for him when he's looking at footballers. Then we talked about Cristiano Ronaldo, why he moves so quick, how he moves so quick, and also the longevity of the player as well, how he's been able to hold on to this speed. We talk about how strong he's strong enough for players. Do we need to keep developing strength with players and is that transferring across? And Sam gives a really good perspective on, on his way of working um, around speed training and strength training, what the sort of percentages of one to the other should be for players in his opinion. Then we talk about, wait till the end of the podcast because he gives his top three speed drills for a group of players that he thinks they should, should be doing. So wait around for that. That is right at the end of the episode. And I'm sure that is something you're going to be able to apply with your group of players as well. So make sure you listen right to the end. Just before we get into the podcast, I want to just give a heads up to three upcoming networking events that we are going to be running. On Tuesday, the 12th of September, we're going to be at Rehab for Performance in Liverpool. We've got a great lineup of speakers, Matt Konopinski, Jack Naylor and Jack Dowling are all going to be presenting for us at that event. As this podcast goes out, we're just under a week away from the event. There's still tickets available, so make sure you go and grab yours if you're wanting to come to that event. We've also, we're then heading over to South Yorkshire, Wednesday the 20th of September at Doncaster Rovers. We've got Sam Boring and Harry Hurst presenting at that event as well. Again, tickets still available for that one. Early bird tickets are actually still available for that one at the moment. Then we are going to be going to Shrewsbury Town Football Club on Wednesday the 27th of September as well. So tickets, again, early bird tickets still available for that one. If you're interested in checking out the events, make sure you go to the website footballfitfed.com. Click the shop tab and then networking events and you'll be able to check out all the tickets that are available there. And just finally, before we get into it, a massive thank you to our sponsors, The Good Prep. The Good Prep is a meal prep delivery service that provides fresh, ready-to-eat, chef-cooked meals straight to your door. They offer meal plans tailored to your personal goals, current activity level and schedule. The Good Prep works closely with elite-level athletes and corporates to develop meal solutions that meet their ever-changing demands of performance and training. Their clients include Brighton & Hove Albion, the PGMOL, 
Commonwealth teams, Gymshark and many more. Their meals are full of all the nutrients you need to keep you in peak performance so you can achieve every goal you set. Plus you can reclaim your time, eat better, move more and reduce food waste too. Their meal plans are designed to guide you through your journey to health to a healthier you. Take the guesswork out of healthy eating and discover the power of nutrition at thegoodprep.com and make sure you use the code FFF15 for 15% off your first order. Also a big thank you to Hytro. Have you ever tried blood flow restriction training? For pro sport teams and athletes, Hytro is the only performance BFR brand to create pressure validated BFR wearables that are practical, safe and scalable, allowing you to enhance recovery and maximize athletic potential like never before. Whether in the changing room post game, during away game travel, in the hotel or at home, Hydro has created a simple and effective tool that allows BFR to be delivered to athletes and squads simultaneously and safely. Check them out at hydro.com, that's H-Y-T-R-O.com, or email teamsales at hydro.com to find out how Hydro BFR can give your squad a competitive edge. And also, make sure you go and check out our sponsors, Rezzle, doing some brilliant work in the world of VR, at Rezzle over on socials. And let's get into episode 255 with Sam Portland. Rezzle is the world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Whatever your team, your sport, your ability, improve your game and train like a pro. Rezzle, Rezzle. Reactions, performance, accuracy, stamina, resilience. Train at home in the Rezzle Sports and Fitness VR Training Arena. Search Rezzle, R-E-Z-Z-I-L. Harder, stronger, smarter. The world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Available now on MetaQuest. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 255. I'm delighted to welcome onto the podcast today, Sam Portland. Sam, how are we doing? Yeah, good. Thank you for having me, mate. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm privileged. I'm privileged. Well, I've been following from afar, Sam. This is, as I've said before on this podcast, this is why I like running this, because it allows me to have conversations like this, like we're going to have today, with people like yourself. So thank you very much for freeing up the time. No, you're you're more than you're more than welcome, mate. It was chance. Like I think you shared one of my videos, and then you're I'd sent you a message, and then you're like, "Do you fancy a podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, come on, let's have a chat." So thank you, I appreciate it. No, not at all. That anyone that isn't following Sam, which I'm sure there's not many people, the content, something that we spoke about. This is where we could probably start as well. Something I spoke about in the previous episode with Ben Rosenblatt was around social media and how we use it and how we sort of show our work as coaches. And I'm not mm. just saying this because you're on the podcast, but I believe the approach that you take has got a really nice balance between the education side and sort of giving that insight. Um, at the same time, it's making it really easily easily digestible as well. So keep doing what you're doing because I think there's some great stuff out there. <laughs> well, hopefully, we, <laughs> hopefully we can add some layers onto it today um, around yeah, speed. Yeah. Um, but Sam, kick us off with a bit of your background. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it short and sharp because uh, essentially I, I was always fast and then I did the, did the thing. Uh, I was, uh, what was I? I was, I was about six foot, six foot and about 70 kilos. And I was Guinea wet, uh, got let go from a team for being too small. A few years later, I was 95 kilos, six foot four, and I was still fast. And that kind of, there's the thing that just stayed with me throughout my whole journey. And that, that kind of 
got me into speed and got me to understand it when then I kind of broke my leg game over opportunity gone ended up working um with James the thinker Smith for two weeks when he, he was over here in the UK um which inadvertently completely revolutionized my way of thinking uh, and made me a massive fan of the classics classics like the Mount Rushmore of strength and conditioning Berkashansky and all those guys and um and then ended up having to, for the first time, properly go into coach at a professional club. I was at Wasp Academy, where previously to that, I'd kind of followed the footsteps of like Zach Evanesh and Elliot Hulse on YouTube. And I like breakfast, lunch and dinner, like that was it. I trained in um, my first gym was in my mum's shed. Then she was my first client and I was training footballers in the like soccer players in the park and in my house and all that sort of stuff. And long story short, did a bit of was first team, um, coached some internationals, did some stuff in the NFL, got fired from a team, um, writing a speed book. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. So there's a few bits and bobs. <laughs> I know you might have scooted pretty swiftly past quite a few key parts of your career there, but yeah. no, I appreciate that. I want let's get straight into um some of the topics now. In terms of I want to pick your brains on some areas around speed. Yeah. And the first being, obviously, you said there that you've worked with some footballers, but I know you've worked with a lot of different other different sports and athletes as well. Yeah. What is it when you look at football? Mm. What similarities? What differences sort of stand out for you from football compared to other sports? Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Like, uh, it's a great question, and just for all your listeners, like, I'm I'm not the Put it this way, I never got a job when I applied for a job at the EIS. So I'm not that mould, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, excuse me if I don't use constraints and affordances and all that jargon, right? So, but I, um, the, it was actually really interesting. I did some consulting with Burnley Football Club um, a few years ago. I went up and spent a few days there with uh, Tom Shaw. He's now at Bristol, a great coach. And I was there um, and I went in to observe kind of their coaching and the speed side of things and, and was able to really closely watch football. Um, I actually played semi-professional football for a season. I was sent forward and um, I'm always I'm learning by doing all the time. And um, and one of the things that I found, you know, from going in and going toe to toe with like professional footballers in the premierships, they're all so small they're all so small and they're a very different type of athlete but the physics still applies and what you but what you just don't have is the sheer amounts of momentum and sheer amounts of mass that are created by rugby players for example so everything comes at a fractional cost to that because um, momentum and the easy like a rugby player has the ability to easily create a lot of momentum that they can do damage with Whereas um, a football, it's a lot harder to. And also in the modern football game, there's not a lot of uh, physical contact anymore. It's it's very much, um, you know, very open field, obviously with like the tiki-taka type football style and working around there, you start to, you start to see how anticipation becomes a lot more important. Distance and separation off the ball comes a lot more important and positioning becomes a lot more important and you know it's different and, and similar it's it's the stuff that so learning that 
um, from being there. I had a friend who was at Chelsea Ladies for a good few years. I spent some time down there with him. And then digging into the American football side of things, I think to be a successful soccer player, football player, you have to be a much better tactician. In sport like rugby, you you can't you can get away with not being very tactically sound because you can just put your head where it hurts and and win the collision essentially just truck it up, which is boring. Um, and then if you like England, you'll just kick the ball away. So, but that's kind of the general premise. And and I think per position, and this is one of the things that I was talking to some coaches about recently is is actually um, game speed and you know whatever you want to call it I, I use a sports speed because my company's called sportland so it's just a play on words it just fits um that that um our thinking as coaches is still so so redundant and so far removed from the actual not even the context of the game but the specific actions of how we have winning outcomes in a game so um one of the coaches that i work with rob morley should be great to have on the shows at derby county um, I've just plugged in there, but he, we always talk about this within football in, in actually, you know, the physical preparation for a wing back, for example, needs to be very different for a box to box sentiment and a linear speed training session is not really going to do much for a wing back purely because it's still so general. So if you were to look at, um, like acceleration as being the base, then you maximum speed is going to be more of a specific quality, but then actually a special speed quality for a wing back is going to be a lateral acceleration. Mm. And and then what does that look like? And that what is the what are the key elements of that player? One of the players in particular would always he as a byline player. So actually, it then becomes a sprint float sprint effort. So it's a lateral acceleration into a sprint float sprint because that float is going to goad up the other back and you have to manage the velocity and then sprint again and burst to get to the byline. So it's about how do we develop um, specific sports speed training? And this is where strength and conditioning coaches just, they always I feel a sense of sadness that comes over them where you have to learn to understand how that is happening in training, not because you are training it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is kind of, you know, I've, I've got te- rugby technical coaching qualifications and I was out in Switzerland recently working with Ben and John um, and we did, we co-coached together. They didn't know I was a speed coach, but they just brought me out and I was coaching alongside Ben and, we were doing mismatches and overloads and I taught them how to get into the positions and use their right feet and attack defenders properly. And then he laid the skills on top and then we just blended really, really well. Um, and so that's kind of like the roundabout way in a, in a broad sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think the breakdown of positions is really important, isn't it? But then you kind of mentioned it there as well, because in each position, you've got different styles of players within that position as well, haven't you? So there's real intricacies yeah. between not just positions, but also style of the player, style of play of the team. There's a lot of yeah. things that go into it. But I suppose what you're saying is you've got to look at the end goal. This is what we're trying to develop. These are the demands on the player in a mm. game scenario. Mm. How do we work back from that? Yeah, because it's the the thought around steps. And and I can, you know, let's, let's, let's have some fun and, and let's take the piss a little bit. Because people say that football's so variable, rugby's so chaotic, then, then what are we doing measuring GPS? 
Because what we do, we're trying to create a predictable outcome out of an unpredictable um, observation. But there's something in between there. Well, if you're measuring the total amount of accelerations, the total amount of uh, step load, and just for anyone who's never heard me speak before, step load is a, 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 a the taxonomy of steps at a given percentage. So your step load at 75% to 85% is going to carry a different cost for 90% and above, which is why long accelerations are absolutely amazing for a special strength tool. But that's we'll talk about that later. But the um so so when you're when you're looking at that player, well, yeah, let's let's actually have a look at where do they typically spend their time? What do they typically do spending their time? And 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 then then we actually from our so we've got if we were to understand the performance pyramid, you know, outcomes winning, then it's going to be availability. Then off the back of availability, it's going to be mastery. Um, and then when we break down mastery, well, what do they, what, what gets them their contract signed? Let's really work hard at those things. And then how often are they, do they have the ability to do those things? Uh, what would a top Premier League player have 70 games a year, <laughs> you know, and, and then looking at that. And so then what does, you know, we're talking rugby steps into contact or football, um, you know, what would, how would we do it? We would, you know, depending on the player, it'd be uh, steps with ball at feet. So Ronaldo is going to look very different to Pirlo. And so, well, then what does that training need to look like? Where does special strength come into play? And, and how do we now start to develop uh, a training philosophy for a, for a, terribly butchered term um in order to get real results quickly love it love it you just mentioned there ronaldo yeah. you put a video out on your three yeah. favorite sprinters yeah. movers yeah yeah um, he was one of them so i yeah. thought it'd be great to bring you up on just firstly looking at it from from your um perspective and definitely from mm. your experience like why is he such a, an efficient mover? Why is he... That's really poor. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, it's all going up. Don't worry. Just leave it up. Don't edit it as well. Oh, it's my human. days. Well, that's the first. That's 255 episodes in, and there's my phone going off. I apologise, <laughs> Sam. Um, no worries. <laughs> I was, what was I saying? Um, Ronaldo. Um, yes, Ronaldo. So what stands out for you looking at him as an athlete in terms of his speed quality? I think, do you know, there's certain footballers that kind of just come to mind throughout me growing up. And one of the first that really kind of set the scene was Ryan Giggs as a, as a high velocity individual, um, you know, his baggy man United shirts. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and it was the ability to take on a player, you know. And if you if you were to if you were to look at like modern soccer, modern football, how often do you see players running at players taking them on? Mm. Not a lot anymore. No, I don't. And and so just purely to have the balls to do it <laughs> in you know in a lot of sport now it's about well if you give away possessions game over. Yeah. So everyone wants to hit you in the transition and see like most rugby wingers are scared of the touchline nowadays. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things that really stands out for me is, is the, is the ability to know 
their speed. And I think that's the most valuable trait. And you could get very esoteric. And it's a question that I always ask uh, people. Um, and you can play this game. It's like, how fast do you need to run to beat the person in front of you? What do you think the answer is? To beat the person in front of you? Yeah. Depends how fast they're running. Just faster than them, right? Yeah. So that's it, right? Yeah. Or faster than they can turn. Yeah. So so when you look at it that way, it's like, well, we need we are missing a key piece of speed training with our players in teaching them their ability to understand their own gears. Mm. And so what I love about Ronaldo, A, he's a he's a he's just he is a uh, an outlier. Yeah. And we love the outliers. And over my over we get back to those lists that you got like Ryan Giggs and Ronaldo sort of came in and around, and then somewhere that we um, in between for all of some of his antics was Didier Drogba, mm. who is an absolute specimen, big, fast, aggressive, you know, a real athlete on the field. Um and those types of those types of players had this certain level of conviction is because they 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 owned their physical capabilities and you know with Ronaldo just the ability to repeatedly just know yeah I've got three yards on you and that's all I need and I'll put you in my pocket and I'm bigger I'm strong I'm fast and I can hold you off if I have to and so that's kind of one of the reasons and he's still doing it the next few weeks, we've got some great content coming up on our online community. We've got a strength and power webinar by a coach in the WSL. We've got a academy physio presenting on an LTAD webinar. We've also got presentations from our event at Riyadh for Performance and presentations from our Doncaster event and our Shrewsbury event. All those presentations will be uploaded onto the community. If you want to get full access to the content on there, the good news is you can go and get yourself a free trial on the community by going to footballfitfed.com, clicking the community tab and sign yourself up there. After your 30-day trial, it becomes a paid membership and your paid membership includes access to our members' WhatsApp group where there's been some brilliant discussions going on recently. This week, members have been talking about um, what to focus on in terms of CV writing, what stands out, both good and bad. Um, there's always great conversations going on. If there's ever any performance questions that come up in your role, it's a great pace, place to post it into the group and get opinions and experiences from a number of different coaches right across the world as well. So if you're interested in joining, go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab and sign yourself up there for a free month. Here's part two of the podcast with Sam Portland. That was the other thing I was going to say, this longevity piece, like what is he, 30 Eight? Are we talking now? 37, 38, maybe something yeah. like that. And still looking rapid, isn't it? Yeah. What like yeah. I know again, this is an outlier, so and realize that we're talking yeah. about the one percent. But mm. what lessons do you think we need to take forward in terms of longevity for players when it comes to speed as well? Because you see a lot of players, don't you, that have speed as their superpower and over yeah. the career, then that starts mm. to fade and you're like, okay, well, they're okay, but they've lost the the quality. Yeah, the big the big one for that was Michael Owen. I remember yeah, last he took that bad hammy never came back, and it probably because he was doing too many weights and too much lactate work. Yeah, but you know, I think longevity, and this is I'm fascinated by the aging athlete, and 
and just maintaining physical quality. Maybe it's because I've, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s now and it's become a bit more of a fascination. But We hit that realisation, don't we? <laughs> yeah, and I, I've always kind of, and I, I always... I always believe and I do think that, you know, if you go back to the classics and you look at the reason why uh, athlete preparation became so important was obviously preparing people for the Olympic disciplines. And then it's all it's all about the, the story of evolution. I love teaching all this stuff because what happens then is 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 we go like we 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 do the monkey see monkey do. So they did that, so we'll do this. Um, and then you you had the emergence of competitive weightlifting. So then everyone decided to do weightlifting. Then people found that there was a good money spinning option to create this thing called a strength and conditioning coach in two thousand and nine. I think it was the first degree. But from 1950, where the, f- the first formation of the Soviet system, so Verkashensky and uh, Bonnetuk um, uh, were still throwing in the 50s, but coaching as well, um, we lost sight of what it was all about. Because actually nothing has changed in performance since the formation of the Soviet systems. Like nothing. We've just found more ways to measure it. And that that's literally it, right? Nothing groundbreaking. So when we when we look at this longevity piece, well, someone like Ronaldo probably knows his body very well. It's very in tune. And he's a racehorse. He is a racehorse. Yeah. So how do you keep a racehorse happy? You limit stress. And 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 that is is such a big thing. And, and you limit the stress in so many different ways. Like I hand on heart. I believe that strength, general strength in the gym is really not that important. If, if you were to, there's a concept that maybe some of your listeners may or may not have heard. It's called conjugate sequencing. Long, like backdated program, which basically represents the athlete qualification over time. So as the, the, the conjugate sequencing of training exposure basically creates what we would call mastery. So it's physical mastery. You know the dude, I can't remember the Greek mythology, but he carried the calf on on the on his back. Yeah. And then he ended up walking up with a cow. Yeah. That's yeah. that's conjugate sequencing yeah. because as you progress, the intensity progresses with you. It should do. So level one of conjugate sequencing is extensive training. So that's body weight training, med ball training, circuit training, light resistance weights. Level two becomes slightly intensive versions of that. Level three becomes their maximum effort. So maximum effort is then we start talking about maximum effort strength. But then it disappears very, very quickly because the whole time that you're underneath those, you're developing maximal strength anyway. Mm-hmm. So then all you need to do is just go, oh, we can touch that. Sweet. And then and then it becomes the bigger philosophy and what's great about this is that this is stuff is is in super training this stuff is in uh, special strength training manual like it's in all this stuff that is so forgotten because it's not taught well anymore and it's not delivered well anymore and then but also what people fail to realize is that those things cannot cannot be smashed into a team sport environment so what happens is is, is when we're in this still this longevity of this argument and this conversation here is what what do we what do we have to do with that then? Well, we actually have to do less, not more. And we have because we have to understand the bigger things at play. 
when we're, when we're looking at, at that stress bucket that we've got, well, these team sport athletes need to spend less time lifting weights. They need to spend more time doing special strength training and developing the physical qualities and capabilities desired for football, um, of which running and the physical capacities of running need to be developed. And then we develop running, we develop sprinting because upper body strength to hold off a player, as we discussed in football, is doesn't really do much anymore. You need a good bit of general conditioning, but if you can bench, if you're like a what, 85 kilo footballer um, and you can bench 20s, 25s on, on the dumbbells, you're going to be all right. Yeah. You're not setting any world records, but that's not your sport. Yeah. You know, you can fill out a jersey. That's half the problem, right? So, so, an understanding, especially when you get to the heights of Ronaldo, be like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But I'll work really hard in my off season, and I'll look at joint conditioning. And you see, like, and you know, the, that's the thing of social media. You know, things can get taken so far out of context, and they don't understand. But if you were to watch the documentary I Am Bolt, and he's doing. Uh, Swiss ball setups with bad form and all these sorts of things. But you, what you're going to do? You're not going to fucking complain with that. It's Usain Bolt, and also they developed all these exercises that helped him become functionally robust to tolerate speed because of his scoliosis. So you look at someone like Ronaldo; he's never had really a big injury, so there's a clue. And he's stayed in shape; there's a clue. Uh, and he probably knows when to wheel off the gas and he can manage himself well so from a longevity point of view i think that starts when a player is 19 not when they're 29 yeah and it's the whole training philosophy and now i know i spoke for a long time then but hopefully that answered your question no it definitely does it definitely does um i think the other i suppose the extension of that like Going into Ronaldo and this longevity, I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, again, we're talking about an outlier, but we can definitely learn lessons from everything that you just mentioned there in terms of going through a career and then mm-hmm. stripping it back as well to your more academy players, which are yeah. coming in, into that sort of age group mm-hmm. that you've just mentioned there. A yeah. lot of people will use the phrase, just get them stronger, because yeah. that's going to solve issues because footballs are not strong enough and strong uh, getting the strength up is going to lead into being more explosive and maybe being more powerful so we just need to get them stronger we need to spend all our time getting the gym getting them stronger but I think this is a massive missing part in what you've briefly mentioned there but also I know you've done loads of content on this as well which I tell people to go and definitely check out on what the percentage actually needs to be where where we're spending our time that's where it becomes important isn't it yeah yeah, and I use arbitrary rule, uh, 70-30%. And, uh, you know, 70% of all your workouts should be developing the physical qualities needed uh, for your sport. But then um, 80% of your total training should be your sport. And 20% of that should be physical preparation. And of that 20%, 80% of that should be specialized exercises. And 20% of that should be general training. And so it's a really simple path to follow. And, you know, it's it's funny um, that I have my own academies and we had a kid last week. He's like 16 
um, ran a we ran a one point zero one fly ten thirty to forty, which is like nine something meters per second, and um, it doesn't do any maximal effort training. We run a we run a conjugate sequencing. So what we do is we do what when they're ten what we have to get all the players doing now <laughs> starting from beginning and you know the this kid does the, the one by 20 for example and will be you know back squatting 120 kilos for like 20 reps and he's never done a, a set below five reps as well a set below 20 reps to be completely honest with you and so that's how easy it is to make those those progressions and understanding. Another coach that I, I do some work with, his name's Aaron Codd. He's at Hull. Um, fantastic. Does all load of their youth stuff and has, has developed a, a massive philosophy with the academy where getting strong is not the thing. Getting Being ready to play football is the thing. Um, and, you know, I think specificity is something that a lot of coaches are afraid of because they have to let go of their easy moving metrics. And then we complain. Mm. And then we wonder and then we worry when all it is is about really taking the time to appreciate biology. And, you know, if something changes really quick, it's probably not sustainable. And it's something that changes over time is 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 the thing that you need to you need to need to train and you know this the sports speed system that you call it like nine over nine meters per second is easy for most athletes 10 meters per second is is attainable within a couple of years at a given level and when we first started i remember the goal with it when i was a professional rugby is like how many can we get above nine meters per second right give me a pre-season they all clocked over nine meters per second and so so when you're there when you're running over nine meters per second for for example for a given speed your maximum strength is who cares <laughs> you know no one cares <laughs> because you've got the thing the thing you're doing to get the thing you've already got it so what does training look like and then that's when we have to unpack a lot of the complicated stuff that doesn't quite fit to what we need but it can fit and it, it really does fit when you let it fit You've answered this already, but those percentages that you talked about there and you referenced, that doesn't change going down into academy ages either, does it? No. No. Oh, God, no. So in our academy sessions, like we have them one hour a week uh, or two hours a week, but we do 10 minutes of speed, which is their warm-up, five minutes of jumps, five minutes of ballistics, and 30 minutes of um, general training. And they start at nine years old. Mm. And it's you know from academies because you know that's the easy way into obviously to most places is the academy but that's all you need and then they play rugby three times a week yeah and the goal at that age is to to not get growth related injuries from a 10 year old athlete in academy it's not about how much they can squat and bench and run it's none of that it's about are they ready when they're 16 17 18 because then that's when contracts are decided, really. Yeah. And you've got to survive to just get there. So don't die in the first few years of your training, for, for a better term, and then you'll, then you'll probably see the fruits of it. 100%.
Sam, I know you're tight on time today, so I've just got one one okay. last thing. Got one last thing for you, which I think yeah, people man. will be interested in. Um, it's one of these questions where you're like, "Well, this is never going to be never going to be the case," but it's probably be nice just to put on the end. Yeah. Three, if you had a group of players, yeah, you're working with an academy somewhere. Um, you had a group of players, obviously all mixed positions, mixed abilities. You got to pick three drills in relation mm. to speed. Mm. Where would you go? Oh, this is easy. This is easy. So I would be doing all of my uh, med ball hip extension series, uh, game changer. Um, I would be doing, oh, three speed drills. I would be then working on my wall shoots. So I'd be doing one, two step wall shoots. Um, and then I would be doing heavy, heavy, heavy pushes. And then that would be it. That's all I had. That's all I would do. Because when, in those three, we're teaching, you know, I have a drill stack in principle. So you train the segment. So in that, that first one, we're training the bum and the high hamstring, the lower back. Then in the in the other one, we're training the uh, the pattern and the movement. And then in the last one, we're, we're overloading the skill and it will just blend. The better you get at one, the better you get at all of them. Love it. Love it. That is class. Sam, just give us um, places for people to keep up to date with what you've got going on, website, socials, where would you direct people? Yeah, I've pretty much, I've pretty much done it uh, as Sam Portland, wherever you go, wherever you go. Um, and, you know, shameless plug, this sports speed system how to build the ultimate team sports sprinter the book um the only book that has been written around team sports sprinting has been i've been crazy enough to do it should be out in the new year pending publication so but anyone shoot me a message i love talking about speed i've got loads of cool stuff just you know and keep listening to this guy's podcast he's doing some great things thank you mate sam you're top man thanks a lot for coming on no worries man thank you a short and sweet episode there with Sam, but I really appreciate him freeing, him up, freeing up some time and coming on the podcast. I think the stuff he's covered in under half an hour, some like we struggled to cover in an hour on some, some podcasts, I'm sure you took absolutely loads away from that one. I think some of the um, key takeaways for myself was where he was talking about the size of players and the difference is that we get caught up a lot of the time, don't we, in comparing sport to sport. So we'll compare football to rugby completely different players can completely different um, body types of players as well but we caught up in these comparisons we're looking at footballs especially in the modern game now like Sam referenced a lot of players are small but the big part of that is that he mentioned that physics still apply so we still need to be teaching players to utilize um, force moving quickly developing speed developing power and I think that was a really key takeaway and also transitioning that into his thoughts on strength training, where that fits in, the percentage of what they're doing compared to all the other work that they're going to be doing as well. I think it's definitely something to consider. Um, I'd be really interested to hear people's opinions on that, on where they actually are in relation to that. Like, is it more strength focused at the moment? Are you struggling to get any strength work in? Are you struggling to get any speed work in? Where do you fit currently? And maybe where needs correcting to fall in line with what, what Sam is saying there. So I thought that was a really interesting point by Sam as well. Make sure you go and check out his work. 
Sam's one of the favorite, my favorite Instagram accounts, um, just because of the way he puts the information across. Obviously a super, super knowledgeable coach, but he breaks it down, makes it really easy to watch. Um, there's references to different sports that you can take a hell of a lot away from as well. And I really do urge you to go and give him a follow over on there. So he's the Sam Portland over on Instagram. And he's also got a link to his business page on there as well. Um, so you can go and give that a follow too. Uh, that is at Speed by Sportland. So go and check out some of the work that they do, some of the courses that they're running and all the rest of it as well. Just before I let you go, go and show some love to our sponsors. They are Rezzel, The Good Prep and also Hytro. Go and give them a follow at least over on social media and check out some of the brilliant work that they are doing. And if you've not done so already, we've got some great feedback, like I said at the start from the podcast on episode 254 with Ben Rosenblatt. If you've not already left us a review, either on Spotify or iTunes, please go and do it because it really does help us grow the show. So go and check that out as well. And hopefully we'll see you at one of our networking events that are coming up very soon. Go to footballfitfed.com and then the shop part of the website to check out all the upcoming events. Thank you again for listening to the podcast and I will speak to you again in episode 256.